I'm just gonna throw out my awkwardness for a minute so you guys don't ever have to feel awkward because I'll be the one that's awkward. I forgot that we change announcements till after our welcome song. So thank you, praise team, for letting me sing with you this morning. I was like, uh, we're about to do announcements, right? And then they started singing and I was like, oh, maybe I should go stand back there and maybe sing with them. So thank y'all. Um, so tonight we're having our women's Bible study, the Get Out of Your Head. Guys, it's awesome. It's really awesome. And so we had rescheduled to have our session five on Wednesday, but there were several of you that reached out and said y'all couldn't make it. Session five is just too good not to miss. So I'm going to offer it again tonight. And so with that said, there's a lot of women go into Women of Joy next week. And I do have someone willing to teach session six for me next Sunday for all of the women that aren't going to Women of Joy. But the women that are going to Women of Joy, if you would like to go to session six, we're gonna do that on Wednesday night. And if for some reason you can't make it, just get with me and I can get with you the video because it's just too good not to miss. So I want y'all to be a part of that. Yeah, and so um, also with Women of Joy, I think um, it's $128 for the hotel, and so if you women that are going to Women of Joy, you can pay that online or you can give it to the church. Just make sure you put Women of Joy um, Hotel or something on there so we know where it's going. It's, again, $128 for that. Um, and uh, that'll be next Friday you are leaving out, aren't you? Yeah. And so let's continue to be in prayer for our, our ladies going that. Yeah, this Friday. Um, and so excited about that. Also, I wanted to make you all aware, and part of the reason I'm having Jacqueline up here this morning is because on Sunday night, we actually voted as a church um, for Jacqueline to be our family ministry coordinator. And so I'm really excited about that, and uh, I can't wait for you all to hear more about it, but I was just going to let her share a little bit about October 4th. Yes, we are so excited. So ever since we came here, we knew that I've kind of been hiding myself out in the kids. And so I love the kids and I love kids ministry. But we saw that our church needed more than just that. We have people that help out kids. We have people that help with our youth. We have people now that help with our college age. But we need people that are focusing on the whole family unit. And so on October 4th, we are going to share with y'all the vision that we just really feel like the Lord has for our church with family ministry. And so that'll be on Sunday morning. So come on October 4th and just hear about all the good things we have in store. Yeah, so, so exciting. With that being said, um, first off, let me just share. Uh, church, we are blessed um, to have her as family ministry coordinator. Y'all don't realize it yet, I don't think. Um, I, I get to see her every day and get to see what God's doing in her life every day, and, and uh, I'm just so excited about what God's about to do. Yesterday, we were here, and we've got to where we're spending most of our Saturdays up here at the church, and um, I was going around, the, you know, uh, Marco Polo, where you at? Where you at? I was looking for her, and uh, I'm screaming throughout, and I hear, I'm in here! And so I come in here, and I'm like, it's dark, and she's up here at the altar, and she's praying, and, and I came and joined her in praying. You know what she was asking the Lord for? She said, Lord, you know the needs of our Sunday school classes, and she's literally in tears. And so y'all don't get to see that all the time. I just wanted to share with you um, the heart that God has given her for our families, and so um, I'm just thankful for that. And so if y'all would uh, continue to, to lift her up as she kind of starts that out, and uh, you hear all about that October 4th. With that being said, though, there's also Sunday school needs that she was praying about that I wanted to make sure y'all are aware of. We need a nursery Sunday school teacher and a nursery Sunday school helper, and so one that knows during Sunday school back with the kiddos, the babies, nursery age. We also need a toddler helper 
and a preschool helper. So a helper that's gonna work with the ones and two-year-olds and then a helper that'll work with the three through kindergarten class. And we have teachers for those classes. We just need someone that can be in there to help. You know, um, once you get so many kids in there, you need more than one adult. And so that is for you. Don't look at someone else as I say this. <laughs> those are needs that God might have you fill. And I mean that with all my heart that you pray about that. Also, ch Children's Church, we need um, four spots. So we have like over 30 people that work in Children's Church because we go, we got three different classes or two different classes and uh, three different classes and it goes every month, once a month. And so you get a rotation once a month. We got four spots to fill there. And so I say all that just because um, we're starting Sunday school back up and we need some help. And so y'all be in prayer of how God might use you to fill that need. Last thing here is Reach Texas. We have a goal set for $1,000 throughout the month of September. We're at $605, so we need about $400 to reach our goal. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace of mind, leaning on the everlasting arms. All right, well, this is going to be where we usually do our offering. Uh, just drop your offering in the plates back here on the back. We're not going to have anybody come up. I'm going to ask Brother David Pierce, would you lead us in a prayer, please? Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us all be here together today to worship you. Thanks for getting back a little bit to normal, which might be good, might not be good. We really want it better than what our normal was. We want to be better for you, Lord. We want to go out and tell people about you, Lord, and the things you've done, how wonderful God you are, and how wonderful your Son, Jesus Christ, is for saving our souls. Thank you, God, for so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Chains and wipe away every stain. And I 
Thank you that we have been redeemed, Lord. Father God, we just love you, and we give you the praise. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord, church. I can't think of a better song, a better way for the Lord to prepare our hearts for worship this morning than to sing a song about redemption, to be redeemed. Y'all understand those lyrics that I'm not who I used to be anymore. Can I get a testimony of that? I mean, isn't that exciting to know that if Christ has redeemed us, we are new. I don't know about y'all, but I just like had flashes through my mind of, of I'm not that man anymore. I'm not that boy anymore. I'm not that person anymore. I'm Christ. I'm His. 
I'm his son. Isn't that a blessing to know, church, that we are redeemed? That I am redeemed and he has set me free. Praise the Lord for that. Praise God this morning. This is the very message we've been looking at as we've been going through this letter to the Galatian church. From the very beginning, this has been the message that we are redeemed. Stop going back into your bondage, he says. Stop going back into your slavery. You've been set free. You're not that person anymore. You're not held by that anymore. You've been set free. Free. I want to tell you again, church, you, if you are in Christ, you have been set free. That is the message of Galatians. That's the message we get this morning. That is the beautiful, glorious message of the gospel that we get every time we open up the word of God. It is redemption, redemption, redemption. From the very beginning of Galatians, we looked at this. We looked at how at the beginning there, we saw that there's only one gospel, correct? There's one gospel. It's given by God. It's good news and there's one of them. It's the gospel, the good news. We looked at how that gospel is a message that that is about God's grace, that it's received by faith and in Christ alone. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's the same message we've been talking about every time we open up this letter. That's what Paul is getting at here. And last week, we looked at how God is a covenant God. Oh, did y'all have a blessed time last Sunday morning? I've just been on a spiritual high all week long by what He provided for us in His Spirit and His presence last Sunday morning by just simply knowing who He is. Getting a glimpse of the Almighty God that He is. That He is a covenant God, that He has promised this gospel, this good news by His grace through faith, that He has promised to be our God and for us to be His people. And that He made a way for that to happen through the cross, through the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He makes a way for that to happen. We've been looking at that. We saw how, if y'all weren't here last Sunday, I I just encourage you to go and watch it online. It's being released right now. That's what the people online are watching this morning. Go watch it. It'll be on there all week long. And just listen to the Lord because it was just spectacular. There was a vision that He gave us in the sense where it was all dark in here. Y'all remember? And they came in with glow-in-the-dark chains. And in the song that we, we were singing, Jesus, the name of Jesus breaks every chain, and we saw them chains literally be shattered and, and, and sent across the sanctuary. That is the power of Christ and the redemption that He gives us. It was a blessing. I watched it as I was putting it online, and I just thought, thank you, Lord. I was moved by the Spirit all over again. It was just a blessing by what God did. And then we got to commune and, and celebrate the Lord's Supper at the end of that service last week. Praise God for that. And then I also just want to put a plug in here. Wednesday night was phenomenal too. We had such a good time on Wednesday night. It was just a few of us. Just a few. But you know what we're doing on Wednesday nights? We're going into what we're talking about on Sunday mornings and going so much deeper. And it's where we can actually say, does this make sense? God, are you really um, showing us what you're saying in this? Or are we just kind of leaving on Sunday and saying, whew, that was a good message. Praise the Lord. I've been fed, but I don't know why. I'm just going to go about my normal week. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if we're not um, honest with ourselves, I think that that's kind of where we can get. And Wednesday night's just an opportunity. Not that you have to come on Wednesday nights, but it's an opportunity to say, hey, uh, 
let's dig into this a little bit more. And how is this working in my life? What is God doing in my life with what we're talking about? And so I encourage you to come this Wednesday night. We're actually doing Saw You at the Pole. And so there'll be a bunch of youth in here. You're invited to come to that too. It'll look a little different though. We're going to be praying with our youth. And so you're invited to come on Wednesday night for that. But after that, we're continuing into this, hopefully one day getting this into homes. And so looking forward to that. But I say all that because this freedom that we're talking about, this liberty, this, this redemption that I've been talking about this morning is what Paul is getting at as he's starting to wrap up this letter to the Galatian church. As we start chapter 5, and we'll see even as we get into chapter 6, not today, but next week, we'll see this beautiful picture of where Paul wraps this whole argument up. He says, I've been sharing this with you since the beginning of this letter. And he says, I'm going to wrap it up. And he wraps it up with this charge. And he's going to charge them to stand fast in the freedom and the liberty that comes in Christ. So I want to make sure we understand that word, that this gospel freedom. What is gospel freedom? Because this should be something that excites us. When we sing, I have been redeemed and you have set me free, that should be something that literally puts a fire underneath of us where we can barely even handle ourselves because of the freedom that comes through Christ. And so I want us to think about this word, this freedom. What does that mean? Because it's something that we talk about in America all the time. We love our freedom. We fight for our freedom. We bleed freedom. We love it. But what is freedom? I want to look at it from kind of two different perspectives this morning because it's going to really help as we look at this book, this letter here. First off, when you look at freedom, there's two different aspects of it. One is you're freed from something, aren't you? When you think about freedom, you're freed from something. But there's another aspect of that. You're freed to something, right? And so freedom has these two different aspects. You're freed from something. You're freed to something. Let's just look at this illustration that makes it really easy. A lot of you all work in the, the jails and the prisons around here makes really good sense to use an illustration about getting out of jail. When you get out of jail, there's this freedom that these uh, previous inmates get to receive. Amen? And you know what they're freed from? Think about it. They're freed from the bars. They're freed from the cell. They're freed from the constant supervision. They're freed from uh, all of the, the stink that I imagine is in there. I'm not in there too often. But you think about all the things that they're freed from as they're leaving the jail. Now, when they get out, what are they freed to? Well, that might be even more glorious news than what they're freed from. They're, they're freed to fresh air. They're freed to being able to make a decision on their own. They're, they're freed to being able to go as they please and to, to be able to, to live life like the rest of us, right? And so there's a freedom from and there's a freedom too. And so as we look at gospel freedom, I want to talk about that as we go through the message today is what are we freed from and what are we freed Two. And so as we look at this, I'm just going to go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father God, Lord, you know the freedom you've given us, God. Lord, it costed you your life to give us freedom. Lord, what a blessing. Lord, help us understand that freedom this morning. Help us understand what it means to be called to this liberty, this freedom in Christ. God, we love you, and we're so thankful for this morning being able to open up this word, Lord, Galatians, God. I pray as we read every word, Lord, that, that it comes alive, that your spirit, Lord, that indwells inside of us that are saved, Lord, that it, 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 it challenges us, it pricks us, and it pushes us into this life that looks like yours, Lord. God, I praise you, and it's in the name of Christ I pray. Amen. 
Let's not waste any time. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Galatians chapter 5 says this, Stand fast, therefore, in liberty, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. The very thing we just sung about. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. He says in verse 7, you ran well. You did, you ran well, he says. But who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you, talking about God. Verse 9, but a little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, or more so in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, freedom. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you be consumed by one another. So Paul, again here, as he's opening up this letter and he's closing it with this argument, as he's walking through this letter, he's coming to this point of where, where he's pretty much again saying, let me address these false teachers one last time. That's really what he's getting at here. After this, we're moving on. He says, but let me say one more thing about these false teachers, these Judaizers, these ones that's wanting to not live by faith alone, but wanting to add stuff to it, such as circumcision and the law of God, and so uh, the Old Testament law. And so he says, let me address them one more time. He says, the gospel is about grace he says we got to understand this last time i'm telling you the gospel is about grace he says he says in that legalism that we're getting ourselves into that you're getting yourselves into he says when we do that we're setting aside the beautiful grace of god we've got this wonderful gift of god's grace and we're literally saying okay god thank you but i'll do it on my own and we set aside the grace of god and so that's one way he's battling this. But another way is, is kind of like what we've been talking about a little bit. You have this legalism that happens, but then you also have this idea of, of a thought process of a license to sin, right? When we think about grace, um, you either turn to legalism or this license to sin. I can live how I want, do whatever I want. God's grace is free. It's been poured out on me, so I don't have to worry about whatever I do. I can just live my life. Paul says, uh, when you do that, you don't even understand God's grace. He says you're mutilating God's grace. You're destroying God's grace. So you're either setting it aside or you're destroying it. He says, no, please listen to me. He's pleading with them one last time. He says, let's not go to legalism or a license to sin. Let's go to this thing we call liberty. Right in the middle of this thing called freedom. 
God has given us this gospel freedom, this liberty that He calls us into. And so as we see this, we see that in verse 1, he, he charges us to stand in this liberty. Look at verse 1 again. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be strangled again with a yoke of bondage. So he says, stand fast in this freedom. Stand fast in this liberty. But you know the thing I love about Paul is every time he writes, and he gives us a charge, almost every time right after he says, okay, here's how you... Um, follow that charge. Here's how you obey and fulfill that charge. Here's how you do that. And he does the same thing here. And so after he says, stand fast in this liberty, in verse 5, he gives us the way we do that. In verse 5, he says, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith works through love, he says. And so as you look at this, he says, let me wrap this up. He says, I am giving you this charge to stand in gospel freedom and liberty in Christ. And the way you stand in that is by living by faith through the Spirit in hope and with love. So that's the message this morning, church. We're going to break this down. We're going to look at this. What does it mean to stand in gospel freedom? He tells us very clearly, we do it first by faith. We do it by faith. Look at this verse again. Um, really, the, the first point for the message this morning, if you got the notes, if you got them as you was coming in, the first point here this morning is we stand fast in gospel freedom when we live by faith. I want to read this one more time to you, the first six verses. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. I, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait. Listen to that. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Paul again is saying, I'm begging you to stand in this gospel freedom. How do you do it? By faith. In fact, he says, if you don't live by faith alone, if you add anything to it, anything he says that we lose so much if we are not going to live by faith alone we lose so much he starts talking about in verse 2 he says in fact if you look at a gospel that's up to you a good news that's up to you accomplishing something he says then christ profits you nothing isn't that a crazy statement if it is up to you he says christ profits you nothing we can't say well the good news is that i'm going to do my thing and christ just fixes where i mess up that's not the gospel. The gospel is very clearly that it is Christ alone. It is not of me. It is of Christ. And so as we look at that, he says, if it's a gospel where it's up to you, you profit nothing. And in fact, he says in verse 3, actually, when you do that, you become indebted to an impossible debt you'll never be able to pay. If you leave it up to you, you'll never pay the debt. In verse 4, he says, and this attempt actually makes you a stranger to Christ and you lose all understanding of grace. You fall from grace. Church, if this doesn't open your eyes and wake us up just for a moment this morning and say, Paul, what are you saying here? I don't know what will because he is giving us a strong exhortation that applies to me and you today. He says, if we do anything that makes it about us, we lose it all. In fact, 
If it's about what you can do, then you lose everything Jesus has done. We lose everything. We lose our identity and who Christ has made us. We lose our inheritance, the very thing that Christ promised us and gives us and blesses us with. We lose our importance, our very purpose of life. We lose our our inspiration to be more and more like Christ. We lose our our intimacy with the Creator of the world. We lose it all. And the the biggest thing that we lose, he says, is, is our interest in grace. God's grace. He says you've fallen from grace. The, the Greek kind of carries this idea of, of it's something you've latched onto, but you've fallen from it. You've loosened your, 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 your grasp. You ran well, he said. But what's happened? So that's what he's getting at here. But while we see that we lose so much when we don't live by faith, when we live by faith, we gain it all. When we live by faith alone, we gain it all. We gain a a a beautiful relationship with the creator of the world. We gain justification with the creator of the world to be made right. We gain all of this when we look at, at by faith, again, by faith alone. But notice my language here. I want to make sure this is clear this morning. I'm saying by faith or through faith, not because of faith. Now, this is, is, is if you're listening, church, say I'm listening. I want you to hear y'all ain't listening very well. If you're listening, say I'm listening. There we go. I want to make sure we gra- grasp this. What is this language here? By faith. What does that mean? Because the scriptures say in Ephesians 2, saved by grace through faith, right? It says that in, in Romans 11. It says we stand by your faith. In 2 Thessalonians, we just went through this. It says God has chosen you from the beginning of salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and by faith, he says. And so he ma- I want to make this point that we're saved not because of our faith. Because that very thing makes it our work. We're saved by faith through faith. What is the difference there? It makes all the difference. Because God has given us this beautiful gift and he says, hey, this gift is yours. And the way we receive it, just like if I was to say, hey, uh, David, I want to give you this water. I got to give it to you some way, don't I, brother? I could toss it, right? And you could catch it. I'm not going to do it, brother. I, I don't want to get Miss Pauline. And so, but that, I'd have to have some way to give it to you. All right, well, God, in the same way, he gives us a gift, not because of anything David did, not because of anything he did. I just want to give him this, this water, and so I throw it to him. That's the way he receives it. That's how God is with his grace and his salvation. He says, I give it to you, and the way we receive it, not because of our faith, but the way we receive it is by our faith. Does that make sense? Say amen if that makes sense. I want to make sure that's clear because it's essential to the gospel message. It's important, and as we look at this aspect of freedom too, what are we freed from? What are we freed to? Well, we understand that with gospel freedom, we're freed from sin, correct? We're freed from the bondage of slavery. The very picture of them walking in with all the chains. Susan Duane did a good job, literally just bound. That's, the, that's what we're looking at when we're, we're, we're apart from Christ, and so we're freed from that. But we often forget what we're freed to. We're freed to Christ. Christ himself. Like what a blessing, church, that we're freed to him. And that may um, at first sound obvious, but I think we misunderstand this at times. We have such a wrong understanding of freedom sometimes. I think we think of Christian freedom as I can live how I want, I can do however I want, I can uh, uh, choose the lifestyle that I want, I can, uh, God has paid for all that, that I can literally do whatever I want. I mean, I think that's the way it seeps in some way or another. However, that's a life of slavery. Y'all realize that? 
that if we live a life that we want, a life that we choose, a life that we desire, that is not freedom at all. That is being enslaved to whom? You. You're enslaved to your desires, your wants. It's, a, it's probably the greatest slavery that we deal with. That's not Christian freedom. Christian freedom is being delivered from self, being delivered from sin, being able to see ourselves crucified with Christ, and being able to live in and with and through Christ. But the beautiful picture that I love about the gospel is, is that, yes, he crucifies us with him. Yes, we're, we're raised and we're, we're walking in him. But what he does that just blows my mind, church, and part of that when I was worshiping this morning of, of I've been set free, I'm not who I used to be. The reason I'm not who I used to be is because I think different than I used to. I feel different than I used to. I desire different things than I used to. You see, and it's not because of me. It's because of Christ. I've been freed to Christ. Myself has been crucified. And He's allowed and transformed my heart to desire what He desires. To see what He sees. To feel what He feels. To want what He wants. That's the message that He transforms us into that. And then therefore we start to want those things. That's gospel freedom. He says in verse 13, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Don't He says, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for flesh, but through love serve one another, he says. But the good news doesn't just stop there. There's more to it. There's more to it. It doesn't just stop with us living through the Spirit um, and, and being able to obey, but there's a joy that comes in obeying Christ. Have you all experienced that? Have you experienced where God has not only changed your desires, but once you start walking in those desires, all of a sudden there's this joy that's unexplainable where, where, where it's just like, God, thank you. Not only is this not what I used to desire, this is, this is what you've allowed me and blessed me to be able to desire, but now you've filled me with joy, unexplainable, unexplicable joy that I have by following you. And so when the Holy Spirit indwells you, He causes you to obey Christ. And there's a joy that overwhelms you in that. And you might say, what, what do you mean by that? The Holy Spirit causes you to obey Him? That sounds a little um, strange, doesn't it? That the Holy Spirit causes you to obey Him? What do you mean? Well, I mean just what I mean. Uh, anytime we obey Christ, that is a work of the Holy Spirit. I want that to sink in this morning. Anytime we obey Christ, if you obey Christ this morning, it's because of the Holy Spirit and not because of yourself. That's so important to understand because if it was up to me and you, we know where we'd be. We'd be in rebellion. That's where we've been apart from Christ. Rebellion. And so obedience comes from and through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's doing is, is communion while our doing's rebellion. That's what was promised in Ezekiel 36, Jeremiah 31. These new covenants that, we, that we've been talking about last week. This beautiful picture of, he says, I will put a spirit within you, a new heart. And he says, that will cause you to walk in my commandments. That's what it says in Ezekiel 36. Cause you to walk in my commandments. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. Is that a blessing to you? I mean, that's a blessing to me when I realize that God, you're the one that's going to do this. And, 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 and praise the Lord for that because I know I can't. That's a blessing. And so when we look at this, he gets going a little further in this in verse 7 through 11, or 7 through 12. He says in verse 7, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? The persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, he says. 
I have confidence in you and in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall never bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross is seized. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Paul says you ran well, you grasped it, you were living through the Spirit. Not only by faith, but through the Spirit you were living, and you've lost it, you've, you've stopped. He says, just like leaven, we got some bakers in here, just like leaven can, can uh, leaven a whole, it just takes a little bit, right? He says, don't get contaminated with this false teaching. Catherine, you know about leaven, don't you? you, you you're a baker. If you just use a little bit, it just uh, brings it all up. And so he says, don't be contaminated by this. Something that can just be so small can ruin and destroy you. He says, don't be contaminated by it. And so the third thing, because we get more in verse 5, and so go back to verse 5 with me. He says, for we, through the Spirit, not only by faith, but through the Spirit, and then we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. I think I skipped point two, but I went through it. So by faith, through the Spirit, and now we got the third one here this morning. It's in hope. So we... How do we live in, in gospel freedom? By faith, through the Spirit, in hope. But it's more than just hope. He, he, he starts referring it in verse 5 as eagerly waiting. And the idea here is something he's looking forward to. It's, again, eagerly waiting for what? The hope of righteousness. What does it mean to hope for the righteousness? Well, I think in one sense what he's talking about is, is a guarantee. He says, in one sense, righteousness is guaranteed to us that are in Christ. He says, so I have a hope, a sureness, a, a, a 100% a, a guarantee that I am found righteous before God if I'm in Christ. Amen, church? And so, so there's this hope that he's talking about there, this hope of righteousness that's there. But what does it mean to wait for that? Isn't that a reality already now? Well, amen, it's a reality now. If you are in Christ, you are clothed with the righteousness of Jesus and justified today. That's a blessing, church. That's the good news. And so, so absolutely. So what does Paul get at when he says, but I'm waiting for it? Well, Paul's talking about, this is where it gets good, church. He's talking about the day he stands before the Lord for judgment. Did you hear that? He says, I eagerly wait for the day that I stand, I, I wait for, for righteousness, hope of righteousness, for the day that I stand before God to judge me. Now that might sound confusing at first. He's eagerly waiting for judgment. I mean, doesn't that sound confusing or, or scary to you? I think oftentimes when we think of God's judgment, you don't know the Bible talks about a day we will stand before God as judge. Amen? It says it very clearly. In Romans it says that we will give an account of ourselves to him we will stand before him romans 14 verse 10 i think you stand before him and give an account of your deeds in revelation it talks about john seeing these books you remember these books and he says there's a book that has all of our deeds does that not terrify you every deed that we've done it's, it's in a book with our name by it he says and then there's a the lamb's book of life and so what is paul getting at here he says i eagerly wait for that you're telling me that he's eagerly waiting for this day? Yes. Do you eagerly wait? I mean, what sounds enticing about this? We know how sinful we are. The day that we will stand before God, you know that we have fallen short of His glory, and therefore that simple fact that we have fallen short, we are not perfect and will not be able to commune with Him forever. That's, the, that's where we have fallen to. And so as sinners... 
We stand before a holy, mighty, perfect, righteous God. That sounds like the furthest place I want to be. Does it not to you? But Paul says something here that's interesting. He says, no, I eagerly wait. I wait by faith through the Spirit. Well, why is that? Well, because this is the good news that the gospel shares with us. Church, you might have heard about this day in which you will stand before the Lord, and you might have always been terrified about that day. But I'm here to tell you, if you haven't listened to a word I said today, that you would listen now. Because there's a beautiful truth that when you're in Christ, He has saved you. You have a new heart by repentance and faith. When that has happened, it lets us know that while we stand there before the perfect, holy, just, righteous, good God that He is, that when He opens that Lamb book of life, you know what it's going to say? It's going to say, Jerry Horine, one that is my son, who is an heir of mine with Christ, who is clothed with the righteousness of Christ, who is cleansed by the blood of Christ, who looks like my son, Jesus Christ. Church, that is why Paul says, I cannot wait for the hope of righteousness. The day I get to stand before the judge of the universe and he looks at me and he says, I see Jesus. That's a day I look forward to. It's a day, I mean, can you imagine? I can remember as a boy going to my dad or mom or whoever it was and, and I remember doing something just stupid and, and wrong and, and getting in trouble. I said the S word. Uh, I'm bad today. Uh, I remember just being horrible. And I'd go to my dad or my mom. And I just knew they were going to destroy me. <laughs> I was going to have to go get the, the switch off the tree or the belt was coming out or something was coming. I knew it. But I can't tell you what a blessing it was in those few times. <laughs> When they just wrapped me up and said, uh, it's okay, I love you. I learned something in those days. I learned what grace was. Now, can you imagine standing before the just, gracious, righteous God that He is? And He looks at you and knowing that you fall short, He says, I love you. And I see the righteousness, the perfect obedience of my Son Jesus when I look at you. We'll see grace in a new way. And that's what Paul says, I eagerly wait for that. Can you honestly say that you eagerly wait to stand before a perfect, holy, righteous judge to judge you? The way you answer that question will determine your understanding of the gospel. Because when we recognize that on this day, God's judgment of you will ultimately be based on Christ's work and not your own work, it's a beautiful day that we wait for. So while we hope for that righteousness in the future and that day we stand before the Lord, there's also implications and application for us now. He says, not only am I hoping in that day, but there's a sense of, of, I can't wait for that, that I desire to live that now. I desire to be righteous before God now, not in my own doing, but for Christ's righteousness to be lived out through me right now. And I think when we, we see this, and, and we see, uh, this is encouraging to me because if you're like me, which I know you are, you still struggle with sin from time to time, don't you? Amen? 
And so when you're struggling with sin, I think it's important to realize this because what do you do? Do you say, well, am I really not free in Christ? Is there really not liberty in Christ? Is there really, is this grace really showered upon it? Do I have a license of sin? It starts to try to confuse you and you start to walk through. What does it really mean And when, you, when we struggle with sin? And I think what I've saw in Scripture is, is that our liberty is, is shown even more so when we struggle with sin. And I think that's what Paul says when he talks in Romans about it. And then they say, well, should we sin even more? And he says, no, you're missing the point. But he says, when we sin, we show the liberty of God because when I mess up, I say, no, 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 I don't want to do that anymore. That's the old Jerry. I'm done with that. That's me. That person was crucified with Christ. I want to be in Christ. I want to live in Christ. I want His righteousness to be shown through me. And so see what happens when we struggle, not when we indulge, indulge in sin. That's a different thing. In fact, you might not even be saved if we're indulging in sin and there's no pushback and no conviction. I think that's a red flag. We at least need to see where we are with Christ. But if we are struggling with sin, oh, what a beautiful opportunity that the gospel has to be shown. Amen? We see here this last point that I want to get to. And so look at verse 5 again as we draw this out. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So the final point this morning is we stand fast in gospel freedom when we live by faith, through the Spirit, in hope, with love. This is beautiful how he ends this. Paul says, I know that you're probably a little confused. And church, I know after going through Galatians that we are all probably a little confused. How does all this work together? How does grace meet faith? How does all that look in, in, in the grand scheme of things? And that's why the Bible is very clear that it's not something that's understood by the flesh. It's understood by the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that helps us understand this message. And so I'm praying that he helps you understand this because Paul's wrapping it up and he says, yes, it's not about our works. It's about receiving this beautiful gift, this grace, the salvation by and through faith. He says, yes. But then he wraps it up with this little plug in and he says, but you need to know that faith is expressed by love. That faith is expressed by works. Not that you're saved by those works, but your faith that is the reason uh, that we see that, that you, it's not reason, but it's, it's by and through the way that we're saved. And then that until expresses these works. That's why the book of James and 1 John and some of those books, when you read those, you say, isn't that, con-? like James says, faith is dead without works. What does that mean? Well, that's how it all ties in. Paul says, it's not about our works. It's about faith. It's by faith that God gives this gift. But then the beautiful picture is that that faith turns and it works. It works. And the greatest expression of that work is love. Look at verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the, all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Verse 13 is probably the most interesting verse in all of this passage of Scripture. It's a little confusing. Paul says, 
Hey, you're no longer a slave. Hey, you're no longer a slave. Hey, you're free in Christ. Hey, there's freedom in the name of Jesus. He goes over and over and says, grace, 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 grace. And then in verse 13, he says, now that you're free and you're called to liberty, don't use liberty as an opportunity for flesh, but through love, serve one another. What does that word serve mean? It means slave. He says, you're no longer a slave. You're free. Now be a slave. (laughs) You read that and you say, what does that mean? Paul is getting at this point. He says, we're freed from slavery to sin, slavery to self, and we're freed to Christ who allows us to look more and more like Him. And you remember who Christ was? He came not to be served, but to serve. He came as a slave Himself. Wow! So we have an opportunity with love to look more like Jesus because of the freedom that we have in Jesus. He says, don't be a slave to sin. Be freed from that. But in turn, in that freedom, be a slave or a servant in the same way Jesus was. Love one another. Love one another, he says. Paul's getting to this point. Is how can you live for yourself when Christ is in you? How can you live for yourself when Christ is in you? He says, it's, it just doesn't make sense. church today's been a hard message I know for something that gives so much freedom and something that that is so freeing and, and, and what a blessing I think it weighs heavy on us because of how we've misunderstood it so much in the past what does it really mean to be free in Christ That's really nothing to do with us. It's all about Christ and how all that comes together. And so I really think if we understood this, listen to me, church. I really think if we understood this, things would look a lot different. If we were freed from our sin and freed in Christ to serve, what would that look like in our church? I think it would look a lot different than I want to come and be fed. I want to come and and, and get what I need to get and, and so that I can try to do my best this week. I think it looks different than that. I think it starts to look like, Christ, how can I be like you? Christ, live in me. Show yourself. I don't think we would have vacancies with our children. Oh, I'm going there. Listen to me. If we truly understood gospel freedom, all ages, male and female, if we truly understood gospel freedom, what would it look like when we have a vacancy with a child, with the child uh, Sunday schools and different things? Well, it wouldn't look like, well, there's a place that I, I just am obligated to go and feel or I hope somebody feel. I think it would look like, Lord, what an opportunity to serve and be a slave to sacrifice myself and what I desire and need and want. I can sacrifice that on the cross with the crucifixion, with who you are. And, and in that, Lord, you've given me the opportunity to live in freedom to serve you and be like you. You say being in the back with those children is being like Christ? Absolutely. Did you hear Jesus when he said, let the children come to me? 
And I'm not just talking about children's ministry. Mowing the yard and building and grounds, different things like that. You all realize that when you hop on a mower to mow the grass out here, that that is a blessing that God has given to make you look more like Christ? Because you say, this Saturday doesn't fit my needs, my wants, my desires. That's crucified. I want to serve in love. Whatever it is that we're doing, church, are we doing it to be more like me and what I want? Are we doing it to look more like Christ and what He is doing in us? And church, I want you to hear that loud and clear. It's a hard message this morning, but it's what the Lord has given us through His Word. So here's what I'm coming to to close this out. There's freedom. Let that lift you up. That God has freed us from our bondage of slavery, not just to set in, in wonderful pleasure, but freed us to serve and love. And so church, I'm asking you, how are you standing in your freedom? Are you doing it by faith? Maybe you say, I've never really understood it the way you've explained it today, that I've always thought it was up to me, and, and I thought I was saved because of faith, not really by faith, and, and that really makes sense. If the Spirit revealed that to me today, then maybe you need Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And I'm here to walk that with you. Maybe you say, I've just not been living through the Spirit. It's been by faith, but I have struggled through the Spirit and the Spirit is battling me, and I need to live through the Spirit, I need to yield to that, then, then come up and pray with me. Pray with, at the altar. Pray at your seat and say, Lord, let your Spirit reign. So by faith, through faith, by faith, through the Spirit, in hope, are you living in the hope of Christ's righteousness right now and looking forward to the day that you see it in its fullness? And lastly, with love. How are we serving one another? Father God, Lord, what a challenge you've given us this morning, Lord. God, it's hard. God, it's like this paradox that you've given us in your scripture. We're free, we're free, we're free, we're free. But there's this beautiful transformation in which that freedom turns from, from us being enslaved to sin and ourself and, and frees us to be like you, Lord. But that's not something we do on our own. That's something you have to do in us, Lord. And so, God, I pray that your grace would fall this morning on our hearts, on our minds, on our lives, Lord, and that we would start to see the way that your Spirit is leading us. And we would surrender into that, Lord. Oh, Lord, I praise you this morning. I praise you, Father. Help us respond, Lord, this morning. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Would you stand with us? I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Coming.
Praise the Lord, church. I hope you've been blessed in his house today to feel his presence, his spirit. And uh, I pray that as you leave, that if you have any questions and you feel the spirit leading you and you need help walking through that, you know that I'm here. You can call my cell phone. I'll be there at your house, whatever needs to happen. I want to make sure that we hear the spirit and we yield to the spirit and we obey the spirit. Amen. Father God, Lord, I praise you um, this morning, Lord, for just a, uh, your grace, Lord, and your mercy, God. Lord, I, I just thank you for um, revealing yourself to us, Lord. And, and God, uh, your word today uh, uh, came out um, tough, Lord. And, and God, uh, uh, we need it, though, Lord. We need to hear you. We need to see you and, and be transformed by you, Lord. So constantly, Lord, yield, uh, help us yield to that, Lord. Lord, show us this week what it means to stand in your freedom. God, we just love you, and it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.